Attorney, Etheria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Lady Bird, Ukainos, Comics, Mini Comics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power! That Mattel logo down in the corner. I'm Matthew Duch. Here again with Sean Skavarna. Sean, it feels like it's been a long time. It does, but we've been fairly regular lately, we're, so that's kind of funny. Yeah, we're on <laughs> schedule, but man... Listening to that intro and everything, I'm like, man, it's been a minute since we did this. And I'm not sure yeah. why it feels that way, but I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you here. What's up with you? I'm here. <laughs> uh, it, it is, uh, it's a Wednesday, and you know what? The kids are back in school, and I'm a happy camper because that was tiring. <laughs> summer, vacation, <laughs> summer vacation had me at my wits end by the end of it, so I'm very happy that the new normal is back to school. I like it. I like it. Yep. We got we got no <laughs> kids. We got comics. Yeah. We got toys. Let's uh, let's jump into it. So first off, uh, I did manage to pick up some more VHS tapes. So as you guys know, I did pick up volume eighteen which, of course, I suspected was not a magic window case uh, because of the blue background and everything. After getting more in, let me big in right quick here. Uh, <laughs> I told you, it's, it's been a minute. So we got we got the mad, that one there. After getting some more in, uh, I remembered, it's funny how these things come back to you, that the magic window ones actually had the embossed magic window logo on the inside there and they got these two know, crimps pleats whatever that uh uh are very much uh really define that side there and gives it less of that rounded edge mm -hmm. uh, and this blue one is actually a a different height and width completely so yeah <laughs> Definitely going to have to do something with that. Uh, I know I've told Sean, you know, maybe I can, you know, find uh, uh, another magic window clamshell and swap that out or whatever. But definitely my OCD uh, is not going to do with that. But, yeah, so I've been on a little bit of a spree here. Um, got quite a few, four or five. So I'm up to six now. Uh, but, yeah, lot, lots of fun. And it's funny because like i'm getting all of them right and i'm looking at the back like i haven't even been looking at what episodes are on them i've just been making sure i haven't gotten any duplicates so far mm -hmm. um but then once i get in hand then i'm like oh wizard of stone man and evil seed these are some of my favorite episodes 
and you know, uh, Dawn of Dragoon and Song of Sleece. This was one of my favorite episodes growing up. Oh, Star Child and Orko's Lost Magic. Like, this was one of some of my favorite episodes growing up. <laughs> and that finally hit me, me not thinking, like, of course, all of these are going to be my favorites. Like, this is all I had. That's all you had. Yeah. I didn't have, or there are two episodes that I saw on TV. I don't know if I've talked about this before. I probably haven't. Everyone's like, shut up. We've heard this story. Um, but I saw part of Rain at the Rain of the Monster and part of Masks of Power at my grandmother's house on USA Network because she had cable um, growing up. And that's those are the two episodes outside of the Magic Window that I've seen. Um, so yeah, it took me longer than I care to admit before I was like, of course, all these are going to hold a special place in my heart because this like we literally recorded these and uh, bootlegged them. So but yeah, very cool. It's awesome having all these um still need to figure out exactly how many there are but uh definitely definitely get in there so uh, hopefully it should be a pretty easy collection to complete yeah i felt bad when it, we we were in our our private messaging you were trying to explain to me the clamshell issue <laughs> <laughs> it, like i remember i i literally was sitting there because i had so much going on in my head and i'm like I can't contribute to this, but my OCD would lo- make me lose my mind if that is what happened. Because you know how I am about the classics ankles for the figures. I'm like, that. my OCD went override for that. So just knowing this clamshell would be wrong would be making me lose my mind. So yeah, it, it's kind of funny that we are similar in that way. Yeah. So, nope, got to have it legit or else not at all. Yeah, and it stinks too because I actually I really like like I said before I like all the extra stickers on that one mm-hmm. with it being a previously viewed rental. Um, that's a lot yeah. of fun, but yeah, I just uh, I can't have it looking that out of place on the shelf. So, uh, you get anything this week, Sean? No, I've been good. Been good. Have well, it. we did we did get. I know you guys did a bit. I should probably go back to my to the. Uh, there we go. We'll get it here, guys. <laughs> uh, we're out of practice after two weeks what the heck i i don't know what some, this whole day i have just felt like discombobulated this morning mm. everything's taking longer to get done and it's just like i don't know i'm just bear with us folks i'm out there um <laughs> it might it might have something to do maybe sean threw me off with the pictures he's been sending me this morning i don't know. um what? but i do want to bring up uh, thanks to Sean Skavarna and Mondo, I am now also the proud owner of a hefty baby boy battle cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he is awesome. I still, I, I have not played around with the joints too much posing yet. Cause I'm, I mean, he seems very well put together, but I'm also like very paranoid, um, because he is such a work of art. I'm, I'm scared of. Uh, doing too much of anything it was like man you should see me pulling the paws off because with that paper you know they put all the paper around the armor yeah to to protect him yeah and the, the only way i could see to get the the saddle one th- pulled out pretty easily but to yeah. get it off the bracers i had to pull that foot off and oh my god you should have seen me i was so freaking fair i was gently a little hard oh too hard you know like i was i was so uh so paranoid of breaking something 
Um, but yeah, this guy's amazing. I did. I never realized that, you know me, I don't like to pay too much attention to, you know, like preview stuff or anything. So find out that the, the toes actually articulate uh, on the front paws. Like that yep. was a huge surprise and everything, but yeah, he's, he's amazing. I've had him with the classic head on so far, but I might actually switch to that one that you got. That is, that is uh, really in the running that, that Mondo helmet. Yeah. So. I, before we did the, uh, the joint review the other night, I was like, I know everybody's going to have the classic battle cat head. So I like coming to it with like, okay, I did that. And I just wanted to see finally what it looked like that way. And I haven't switched it since then. It's all, it's going on almost a week since uh, Curtis and, and Steve and I did that. And uh, it hasn't worn out. It's welcome. Yeah. And, and every time I look at it, I'm like, I mean, I still, I still absolutely love the original. Yep. But there is something like uh, the way I described it to Matt, um, off air was it, it really did give me that vibe. Like if they did a movie and they didn't want to go the full way and they wanted to make it have like, let's, let's do the movie equivalent and yeah. not go completely old school. Like let's give it a little refinement or upgrading the, the Mondo one. I'll, I'll pull it out again here. Just cause what the hell this yeah. I feel is a perfect compromise. Yeah. It's, artistically, it's, got... it's, a, it's a great, compromise it's it's functional for battle it's a great it's a great nod to both the 2000x and the classic helmet and yep. it just it looks like battle cat so yep. yeah i would not be upset with that being in a movie and like i told sean the bracers were a thing where i'm like oh that's cool but i'll probably take them off uh when i get if i ever get one and now seeing them on, I'm like, no, this really works. And honestly, I hope this is one of the things that carries on in Battlecat's design from now on. Because I really think it just, again, it's functional. It's evocative of Battlecat. It looks like it belongs. And it just bumps him up a little bit. Like it yeah. just, it takes him to that next level. So, yeah, I hope these bracers for him or shin guards, whatever you want to look at it, um, become a staple of the design. Well, it's really cool. Something I thought of I, the other night, I I did mention uh, the the original helmet, the vintage looking helmet. Yeah, I know it would have been cool to have that by itself without the battle cat head in there yep. because if you wanted to do a photo where it's just laying there on the ground and then you have and I I brought them all over here except for the cringer one. But uh, you want this version of the head and right. do the, that King of uh, Castle Grayskull cover. Uh, that would have been awesome. But actually, now that you're talking about it, one other thing that would be on the wish list is I actually wish they would have done the 2000X uh, claws. The, the guards. The, 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 the whatever you yeah. want to call them. Because number one... Uh, I actually thought that was one of the cooler parts of the armor on Battle Cat, even though I wasn't really thrilled about the overall design of Battle Cat. But I thought that was kind of cool. It's like armor them up. And then on top of that, us loving CGI the way that we do, mm -hmm. it's like that straddles two different generations of masters that here's Battle Cat with that on him as part of the actual like armor he uses. And now I'm looking at it going, those bracers, 
coming down into those claws would have been uh, I honestly that would have been me just going like okay you hit every point of what I could have asked for yeah out of this figure but minor minor extremely minor uh little nitpicking on my side of it for even throwing those out there because with everything that that figure comes with yeah it, it's it's gorgeous and Absolutely. i and uh something that matt uh also off air reminded me i wanted to uh and i i forgot because us doing the crossover review when i was originally just going to do it by myself and then with curtis having battle cat and loving it then i'm like well curtis what if you and i do this and then all of a sudden Hey, what if Steve comes with? Okay, and then all of a sudden it's just like one big. No, it was really fun. It. It's only an hour long. I'll put a link yeah. down below, guys. Check yeah. check it out. They go in depth. Um, Steve's got some great poses. He got it in. Yeah. some pictures of that they show off on there. I don't know though. I I can't recall. Did you guys show off the box at all? I mentioned it, but I did <sighs> not show off the box because the box. I mean, I had to put oh. that into the shelf. Yeah. This box alone. Yeah. Now, I will say, my one complaint, and I understand why they did it, but my one complaint is that it lose, they did not do the standard Mondo flap yeah. window box. Um, yeah, it is a legit box. You it's just it's a legit box because yeah. he's actually packed in foam yeah. inside. So more like it, more like your statue's. Generally, yep. really well packed. I get why they had to do it with all the paint apps and everything, everything on him. Like I get why they had to do it, but that's about the one disappointment. And mainly because when this showed up on my doorstep, I didn't get to it till late at night, and I was just gonna open it up and I was gonna show my wife, and I was just gonna do like I normally do, where I, I open up the window flap, take a look at it, and then I open it at a later date. This didn't have it, so then I had to open him all the way, and I ended up playing with him for like three hours. Um, and I got to bed late that night. But yeah, this box is freaking amazing. Um, it's great artwork as always, and it's just it's massive. It gets your attention. Yeah. Anybody who bought any of the toy vendors that bought these to resell, they're gonna have so many people going, "What is that?" With this sitting yeah. up on the shelf, um, yeah. you know, Battle Cat on the side. He's got yeah. a bio on the back. But yeah, that artwork right there, and it's made me. I've got I've got my He-Man set up in the standard armor right now. This mm -hmm. picture has inspired me. I need to get that battle armor on him. I need to get him on Battle Cat. Um, and I have no idea where I'm putting him because I don't think I have any shelf tall enough to fit Battle Cat and with He-Man riding him. Um, but that's definitely how it's going to be. So far, I've just had him on my TV stand next to my TV. Because mm -hmm. that's about the only spot I have right yeah. now. Um, I gotta do I gotta do some serious rearranging. I do have one tall shelf, but it's the bottom shelf of the bookcase. Mm -hmm. And I I don't think I trust him down there with the animals and yeah. grandnephews yeah. and stuff that come around here. So <laughs> sure. No, I don't blame you. But uh no, I I agree with the box uh, because there has been so much uh from the photography side, Mondo has been doing the promotion with there's been gorgeous photos that have been taken. And usually we get to have at least that inside of it. So, yeah, it was yeah. a bit of like a, for me, even it was like, 
oh, they didn't go there. And then at the same time, you're still in the middle of opening it. So even if you're a little underwhelmed by the photo not being there, when you open that up and you see it in all its glory, it's like, no, you got you get the whelm again. You're not underwhelmed. You're no. Um, but I did want to also say uh, thank you to Mondo uh, for the yes. review sample of Battle Cat because, uh, you know, for us being, I mean, we're, we're almost at a thousand subscribers and everything, and we are Masters of the Universe fans. So, you know, the fact that when I reached out to them and they were more than happy to accommodate, I was like, thank you. Like, uh, I can't yeah. say enough thank you to them for that. Um, and I'm really sorry that. I didn't properly do it on the review, so I'm saying it now. Thank you uh, for yep. supplying us with that because it is an amazing, amazing piece. I anybody who wants to complain about it, I will probably like go to my grave fighting for Mondo <laughs> because I like my minor little nitpick still did not yep. even touch how just amazing this piece is when you when you have it in hand. So, yep. Yeah. And from seeing it at PowerCon three year, two years ago, 2021. PowerCon 2021 is where they announced yeah. and showed off that that prototype, um, you know, gray plastic prototype to have in this in hand. Uh, yeah, they, they did not disappoint. Yeah. All right, let's take a look here. Uh, I do want to do a shout out right quick. Uh, we have uh, Mattel Hash finally announced the details for their Origins Lady Lady Slither action figure. Uh, she will be $35, and the pre-order will launch September 12th, uh, 2023 at 9 a.m. Pacific. So, yeah, that, if, this is, of course, the legendary creation of Axel Jimenez. Um, created her around the time he was working on Classics. Um, and she's finally getting her first figure. Uh, she'll come with both the uh, tail and the leg uh, lower torso. So you can swap out whatever you want. New mini comic, that deluxe window box packaging that we're used to seeing on the deluxe figures now. Uh, she's got a, a staff of Ka and a serpent dagger. Um, beautiful artwork all the way around and a cool uh, sleeve over the box. If Origins and or Lady Slither are up your alley, make sure to check that out September 12th. Yeah. And, and again, this one's one of those, as much as I'm not a fan of the Snake Man, I love the idea of her being in it and I wish we could have gotten it in Glassics. Mm. Mm -hmm. So... Sure. That would have had me shut my mouth a little bit about them, at least. Just a little. <laughs> Just a little. Uh, and then the other big news that came out this week is the Mattel Creations Eternia's Choice crowdfunding vote. So you have the power to shape the next Masters of the Universe crowdfund project by voting for your top two choices from the options below. The voting window closes on Sunday, September 10th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. So vote now. Uh, select up to two of the following crowdfund concepts. Uh, so first off, uh, 
interesting thing here. It does not actually say that we're getting two of these. It says you can vote for two. And honestly, really has very few details, which is disappointing. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, th that's it. Like, that blurb yeah. there is all we've got. So they're not locked into anything. They can do whatever they want with this. Um, but here are your choices. So we've got the attack track uh, shown that it will have in the filmation style for our audio listeners. It's the, the blue, yellow, and red one, double seater, you know, uh, van-esque uh, concept. It will have, it looks like it's got projectiles out of the cannon up top. It's got the uh, flip-up visor in front, and it shows the back opening up with the mini track, as it was called on the show, which is our toy version of the attack track, coming out of the back, uh, but in the blue color scheme matching the filmation attack track. Um, so very interesting. Then we've got Doom Tower, which is the filmation fright zone kind of the central tower there uh it's got it's got the horde symbol on front uh a green translucent entryway it's got the, some of the spikes and pipes coming off and then you can see through the back uh it's got a side entrance there uh looks like it's got um the chamber there like uh i can't think of the name of it oh my god uh, that He-Man was stuck in in Secret of the Sword. Uh, and then it's got an upper level that's got Hordax throne room with some weapons and a computer panel and a staircase around it. Uh, next up, we've got the Fright Zone. Uh, this is the classic toy rock in the woods cave playset that we had. Uh, it's got It's got the traditional tree the beast monster and the rock monster trap along with the dungeon uh in addition it's also got a purple piranha plant on the side of it and it's got a couple illustrations that show that you will be able to there's a trap door now going into the dungeon and it looks like there's also a breakout panel on the back of the dungeon so uh, we also have the Horde Crawler Tank. So this is made popular from the Filmation series again. It is the giant tank on two treads, blue with Hordak's face on the front, um, and a giant cannon. It also shows the back opening up with a Horde Trooper standing by it for scale. Uh, and last option is the Snake Lair playset. This, again, is a creation of Axel Jimenez. It was based on the unused uh, Treehouse playset from the Vintage line, but it's got the, the snake logo on top. It's got uh, the, the gate, snake motif all over it, stairs, uh, and looks like a little dungeon there as long as a cannon and an Iron Maiden. So, uh, Sean, I will let you go with your thoughts, and then I will get on my soapbox <laughs> uh all right so out of the options that they threw at us i chose to do the attack track and i chose the horde are they calling it the tower the doom whatever? tower the doom tower um because for me at least it's like i again you know me being who i am it's not like 
desperate a desperate need to have the filmation stuff in the collection but uh the attack track is one that i know fans would absolutely love finally having the filmation version plus i like that it did show that there is the uh, original version coming out of the back of the um uh, of that version of the attack track so automatically i'm like okay cool there you know and the uh the horror doom tower it's like it's been time that that needs to be something that has to be out there for the fans the fans have been wanting it for years like when when i got the original horde play set as a kid the fright zone place i was like this is it like I literally, I, I just was okay. It, it really wasn't that impressive to me. And then, yeah, when you see the cartoon and what they did, it's like, ah, well, crap. You know, like it, it's like if you thought Snake Mountain missed the mark from the toy to the cartoon, the Fright Zone was like they weren't even shooting at the right target. You know, right. so uh, and and the fact that uh, they do have the chamber where He Man was in and Secret of the Sword and all that, like you were saying. I was like, the minute I saw that, I'm like, that's pretty cool. I like that they did that just from, you know, the his, the the history of the Fright Zone and all that. So, yeah. Okay, so first off, I will say, I I personally voted the same as Sean. I went for the Doom Tower and the Attack Track, um, because Doom Tower, like the to me, this is our only chance at a Doom Tower. Like it's, um, and it looks pretty freaking massive honestly um if you t if you figure that that throne you may figure just the height of that throne is the height of an action figure i mean you're talking you're talking six inches there so i mean six 12 18 24 there's a bit above them i mean you're talking a good 30 inches um so it's going to be a massive place that here's my soapbox though mattel this opinion is that a Matthew Duch only does not represent Legends of Grayskull, Mattel, or any other party. Mattel has already decided what they want to do. They have decided that they want to do the Fright Zone and they want to do the Attack Track. Um, and the reason I say that is Doom Tower, by my calculations, is one of, is the biggest playset out of these. But they included no reference point of anything in here. They made it look as plain as possible while still, you know, showing what it has. Everything else has a figure next to it, something to give you some scale, except for this and the snake playset. Uh, now, Fright Zone has all this extra stuff. Oh, look, there's going to be this trap door and there's going to be this back here. It's got all these extra little drawings around here to make it more enticing. Uh, you know, the Horde Crawler tank shows a Horde Trooper. Uh, attack track, like you said, Sean, it's showing you've got a pop-up visor. You've got the mini track coming out. You've got a figure there showing how massive this is. Mm -hmm. um, they did the same thing when they did the Origins figure fan vote. They mm -hmm. put, this was, they put uh, an uh, Anti-Eternia Keldor, Anti-Eternia Man-at-Arms, Wondar, and mini comic triclops and this was before they announced a regular triclops figure because they knew they wanted to do triclops they knew they were already doing the regular triclops and it would be an easy repaint but they threw it out there and they let 
you know, all the paranoia go, this, if we don't do this, we're not getting Triclops. And sure enough, Triclops ran away with the vote. Of course he would. You're going to put, even with the mini comic variant, you're going to put Triclops up against the anti-Eternia Man-Arms, anti-Eternia Keldor, and one dark. Like, who do you think's going to win? And they're doing the same thing here. Mattel will make a Fright Zone no matter what. Fright Zone does not need to be a crowd fund. They already released Castle Grayskull and Snake Mountain. Fright Zone is a no-brainer. If you're going to do the crowd fund, if one of the biggest toy companies in the world is going to do a crowd fund, it needs to be for stuff that would not be made without a crowd fund, in my opinion. Which is Doom Tower, Snake Lair, you know. So... I just want everybody to think about that before they cast their votes, if you haven't cast it yet. Um, but I, I unfortunately, I have a feeling that Fright Zone is going to run away with this. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Curtis Ackerman? <laughs> How's it going, guys? What's up, buddy? How you doing? Welcome. It's a pleasure to be on the uh, Guardians of Grayskull podcast. Yeah. yeah. Citizens yeah. of Grayskull, welcome. Janitors yeah. of Grayskull, Yeah. <laughs> Um, listen, I've been listening to you guys talk about this stuff and I got to say, as much as I hate to agree with Dooch, I agree with Dooch and I wish I would have heard this before I cast my vote because I did vote for Fright Zone for all the same reasons that you mentioned. They, they duped me into, to voting for it. Um, and had I listened to this first, I probably would have voted differently. Um, no, I completely get it. It's, unfortunately, it's, it's it's the way they do it. It's like there's no reason Fright Zone cannot be a regular playset. And the way that they show it in the drawings here to make it seem so much cooler and bigger than everything else. like you know, Well, I, I mean, I looked at this and I go, which one of these, you know, because I don't know if I'll buy any of these. But if I was yeah. going to buy one, which one would I have to have? And I was like, well, you got to have a Fright Zone. But to your point, they're probably going to make one regardless. Like, that's not... That's not something that's never going to get made. Um, the attack track for me is a no-brainer. Like that, mm-hmm. you know. Of course, you got to throw that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was just messaging you guys, like, like I can't believe we haven't gotten a collector yet. Like that yeah. is that is the biggest fail in all of Masters of the Universe. Like, you know, we've had Filmation, we've had 2000X, we've had uh, you know the the classics, we've had Mondo, we've had Origins, we've had. Ma- the Masterverse, and we've never gotten a collector. Like it was one of the main vehicles that Skeletor and his men flew around in in Filmation. Yeah. It's a cool vehicle. I would love to have one. How have we not got one in any of the iterations of Masters of the Universe? Like that, I'm dumbfounded by that. Yeah, that that and um, Eternal's Palace are the two that I felt would should have been on here. Um, that weren't. Yeah, I could see the Eternos Palace just from the standpoint of that thing would be absolutely massive yes. scale-wise, and I don't know how they would accomplish it, especially if you're doing it in the Origins line, which is really more of a budget line. Um, I, I, you know, would somebody be willing to pay six, seven, eight hundred dollars for an Eternos Palace? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of get that, that just based on scale, but yeah, you're, you're right. I can't believe at some point we haven't gotten that in yeah. some form or fashion. 
And again here, so now we're talking about crowdfunding, which again, if the largest, one of the largest toy companies on earth is going to do crowdfunding, it needs to be for those things where you're going, well, I don't know if an Eternals Palace would work at retail. Yeah. That's why it should be in crowdfunding, not Fright Zone. Fright Zone will do just fine in retail. Mass produce that thing, get it out on shelves, it'll sell. I mean, yes. it's it's that same scale as Grayskull and Snake Mountain. Snake Mountain selling like hotcakes right now. Um, get that stuff out there. But yeah, the collector. Me, it's more this like multi multi figure vehicles. You know, yeah. like the collector, like the attack track. You know, they're they're going to have to be on a scale that you're not going to buy that at retail. So I think right. that's a good crowdfunding one. Um, you know, I'm not sure what that attack track is going to cost. My guess is somewhere in the neighborhoods of three, three fifty would be my guess. Two, two um, minimum. Yeah, um, and I think collector would probably be the same. But mm -hmm. I, I tell you what, as much as you know, I really haven't been collecting any of the most recent Motu lines, with the exception of Mondo. I would buy a collector right now if they put one out, and I would just throw it with my my uh, vintage set and call it a day. Well, and the nice thing about the vehicles so far on the Origins line is they've kind of been playing a little loose with that scale to where the Masterverse fit in there pretty well, and mm -hmm. Classics for that matter. Like my Stridor, I can fit any He-Man figure I have mm -hmm. in that thing. Um, so I assume that's something that will kind of continue where it's not exactly scaled to the bigger figures, but it could work. Right. Um, but yeah, Collector, that was the one that I wanted as a kid. And the Collector needs to start making a comeback in new media. Like that was Skeletor's go-to mass transport. Oh, yeah. I would love to see that in like the Kevin Smith, the, yeah. the next iteration. That would be great. Absolutely. So, oh. I think the Ford Tank probably, they, they should knock that one out and do the Collector in that one because mm -hmm. there's literally nothing representing Skeletor in that list either. It's all... Yeah. Here's the attack track, but then here's all of the third tertiary and under villain groups. Nothing for Skeletor even offered, so that's a little odd. But yeah, no, like, I, I agree with both of you. Like that one's it's it's time has more than come at this point. Like, yep, what the heck, man? Yep. So guys, cast your votes. Um, and I, I'll put it on right now. If Doom Tower gets made, I'm getting it. Even though I'm not a huge Origins guy, it's like this is one of the things where it's like, you know, they're going to make more Grayskulls. They're going to make more Fright Zones. They're going to make more Snake Mountains. But, like, Doom Tower, this this is the one shot I've got at it. And being a huge Filmation guy, like, I'm just going to have to put up and shut up. So See, I don't even recall Doom Tower. Like, that has no – I don't recall it at all. So when I saw that, I was like I, – I thought it was uh, an original – thing that they just came up with well it's just they take in like the central part of the of the filmation fright zone you know was that big massive yeah compound yeah. and they've taken like that main tower off of it okay same thing so like like you said with the eternal spouse like that thing would be so massive like yeah making a whole filmation fright zone would be incredibly big so they just took that that central mm -hmm. tower there um and built a place set around it, which I feel is is the right way to go. Well, if, if you're going to do that for for that, then then yeah, you could take an Eternos Palace and just do like the Palace Throne Room or something. Like maybe right. maybe you don't do the whole palace, but yeah. do a section of the palace. Exactly. Let's see if I can pull a picture up right quick for you. 
Uh, yeah, and I think that's exactly how they would end up doing that as well. Um, it's just kind of taken, you know, it's probably that, that kind of polygonal main orange building, right? And kind of doing that as the facade, and then it splits open. And you got like a throne room and maybe a little man at arms workshop. That's exactly what I was thinking man at arms workshop so that uh, Oracle can blow some shit up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, there, there's the filmation frame. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they just kind of took that central thing. And that's why it's got the little legs and stuff coming off of it to kind of signify, um, you know, a representation of that. Yeah, I hope it goes well. I, it just It's so interesting, right? Because they could have easily included measurements on this and scale on all of it and a list of everything that it came with, but, to say, but all they did was throw up those pictures. And like I said, they ask you to vote for two. They don't say two are coming. They really don't even explicitly say that the winner is going to get made. I mean, really, they say, here's your choices, vote for two. And they're not really locking themselves into any sort of promise with it. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like a dad promise. Maybe we'll go for yeah. ice cream. And then, like, the week later is when you get the ice cream because that's when dad finally wants to get the ice cream. What, what, what do you want for dinner? All right. You all voted McDonald's? All right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm making uh, pork loin at home. Well, yeah. <laughs> it could be even they take like the top two and they pick out of the two which one they're going to make. Maybe it's not even the one with the most votes that they make. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You really or, don't know how they're going to use this information. Or I thought on the same token, maybe they're taking the top two and then we'll have a versus. Like, okay, you, cho- you chose do- Fright Zone and Attack Track. Now vote for which one of those you want to get made. If that's the case, dude, I mean, you got to think that Attack Track would win by a landslide, regardless of who it would be going against. Maybe, or is it kind of that same intent? Like, okay, well, a place that's bigger, so I got to vote for the bigger thing now because mm. the the, mm-hmm. it, the smaller thing has the more likelihood to be made later. You know, so it could go either way. Mm. All right, we'll see how it goes. Oh, let it actually. Uh, let's see what our fans voted on because I put up a thing in the Legend Dottie Facebook group. If you're not there yet, I don't know why the hell you're not. Get over there. Who's your legend, Daddy? Uh, <laughs> Who's your legend, Daddy? What's he do? So yeah, I, I threw we up. Are- <laughs> I asked what you would vote for. Uh, Joe Gonzalez, top contributor. Uh, he says, "Oh man, a cartoon accurate attack track is hard to pass up." Uh, and I remind him that he gets to pick two out of the options, and he said he'd probably go Fright Zone if he can't vote attack track twice. Uh, Scott Baker says that attack track was hard to pass up, but I went Doom Tower and Snake Lair. Hmm. Uh, very good. I think he probably had that same thinking, right? Like attack tracks, you know, that's, that's going to have a lot more support down the road. Well, Uh, he went with play sets versus vehicle. So, yep. Yep. Exactly. Get the bigger things now. Uh, Jesse Arnold, admin, top contributor said the mystery machine and the technodrome. Right. I think you might have got the names wrong. Wires crossed. Uh, I will say though, I wouldn't mind a mystery machine redeco for the attack track. That could look pretty sweet. Uh, 
I'm curious what I'm assuming Technodrome would be the Doom Tower. If so, I salute you, Jesse. If not, forget you. <laughs> uh, Manny Gonzalez says uh, <laughs> Fright Zone and the Horde Transport. I will say the Horde Transport was was pulling at me a little bit, but um, it's one of those where I'm like, this is probably our only chance to get it, but I don't want it bad enough to put my vote to it. <laughs> Uh, Jennifer Misi Sykes says I ended up voting for the Snake Lair and Fright Zone. I like the Doom Tower, but I'm not sure about the playability. Mm. That's because Mattel doesn't want you to be, Jennifer. Um, Jay Gravatate, founding member, said Attack Track and Doom Tower. Very good, very good. And Stephanie Sakura said the same. So... Uh, lots of attack track and doom towers in our little neck of the woods. Hopefully that continues on. Uh, next up, we've got our comic review. Curtis, did you pick up Forge of Destiny number one today? I did not. All right. Well, then we're going to have to say But I have started reading, so who knows? I may get to it. Young Dumb Phonics work for him. <laughs> I love that. I started reading. <laughs> it's never too late, folks. No, never too late. Never too late. Let me ask you this: Have you read any of the Modern Masters comics? Um, yes, I read the uh, the one. I forget what it was called. Where they did like all the different versions of He Man throughout the years. Masters uh, of the Multiverse. Yes, the I multiverse, read that yeah. one. Um, and I started doing the uh, one from the Revelations, but I think I only made it through like three issues. Um, as soon as the it was like the they redid Skeletor's origin, and I was like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> we went on a whole rant about that. You can check out yeah. Cast Legends of yeah. Grace. Everybody's got to tear skull. that one up. So. And Evil Lynn's parents wanted to eat her. Yeah. yeah. It was bad. It was bad. Well, Curtis, we thank you for jumping in, and mm -hmm. uh, hope to see you this Friday if you don't have anything else going on. I know you're always kind of hit, hit and miss whether you're going to make it or not to our weekly off world. So, yep. but yeah, if you can make it Friday, I would appreciate it. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Later, man. See ya. <laughs> All right. What's wrong, Sean? Oh, nothing. Nothing? nothing? <laughs> I got nothing. All, All right. right. So, yes, out today, we have Masters of the Universe Forge of Destiny issue number one. Uh, I got to get back to the beginning because I had to read this on the Comicsology app because my local store still is not open. And I don't like the Comicsology app. Uh, there we go. So, yes, uh, issue number one. This is script by Tim Seeley, art by Eddie Nunez, color art by Brad Simpson, letters by And World Design. Standard cover was done by Eddie Nunez. Uh, cover B was Freddie Williams II. And cover C was Javier Rodriguez. How come the digital versions don't come with all three covers? I don't know. Um, and, and that, like, like, if I have to pay the same price for a digital comic as I do a standard release, they could at least throw in the variant covers at the end, like, like in the trade paperbacks, you know, at the end, they'll have all the yeah. covers. So just throwing that out there. D or no, we're not even DC anymore. We're dark horse, dark oh. horse. Yeah. That's why it didn't come out on Tuesday. It came out on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Jesse now is just like somebody's talking shit out there. <laughs> He's got that bad taste in his mouth. Uh, so just, uh, what were your expectations going into this, Sean? Because this is set in the Revelation universe. We were told it was a prequel. Uh, granted, I kind of avoid, like I said, press release type stuff, but I was unsure where exactly it took place, just that it was a prequel to the mm -hmm. Revelation series. So um, what, what were your expectations going into this, Sean? Very minimal. Um, I mean, we've we've had multiple reviews now of Tim Seeley's work with Masters, where it starts off pretty decent, and then usually it peters out before the final issue is completed, and we just sit there going, so this is the put number in place there of times that he couldn't stick the landing, and... Uh, honestly, the only thing that was really, really exciting for me was the Eddie Nunez doing the entire book for the first time. Yeah. Because in the previous one, he was doing uh, the bookends mm -hmm. for it. Like, with, he did maybe like two pages in the front, two pages in the back. And then all the other ones were those uh, multiverse stories of the different versions of either worlds with He Man or worlds without He Man. Yep. And um, and that story to this day, like three out of four issues were actually pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That fourth issue just didn't stick to landing, just like we were talking about. So because but, yeah. again, he's got to Tim Seeley always has to have like these huge stakes, these end of the world things, even if a story wasn't going there initially. So yeah. that was my where I'm like, okay, so it's Tim Seeley again. So it's gonna be something end of the world. It's gonna be you know. Uh, deconstructing, right? Like he likes, he likes to kind of break it down and do something mm -hmm. weird, different, whatever. Which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. But it's like okay, and of course, with the you know, with this being a prequel, you know, I already have a hard time wrapping my mind around stuff when it blatantly disregards stuff that's supposed to come after it or before it. Even you know, with knowing that this is a prequel you know, set before, you know, now I know, set before the other comic series that was a prequel yeah. to the show, you know, and we've also seen the world a little bit in the Masterverse comic. I'm like, me being the continuity guy, I'm sitting here like, this is going to be a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not, the you know, the potential to muck this up and have the timeline make absolutely no sense, like they did with the CGI Masters Universe in the Masterverse comic series, where I'm still yeah. like, I don't know where this story is supposed to take place because it doesn't make sense at any point in the timeline. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wasn't that excited. And then even finding out that we're going to Anwat Gar, I was still like, I'm still hit or miss on that, depending on how they use it. Um, I know classics really like to get into the racism issue with the Gar. Um, and that's just, that's not, that's not where I want my master's comics to go. You know, mm -hmm. like, I don't want... Like you can, you can, you can tell a story. You can preach good lessons, but it doesn't have to be so, you know, 
so ref so mirror reflective of our real life. Like I use these comics and these stories as an escapism. Mm -hmm. So like since classics, Gar have kind of become a touchy subject where it's like, I'm not sure I always like where we're going with the Gar. So yeah, my, my expectations were pretty low mm -hmm. um, going into it. But after having read the first issue, Let's get into it. So it opens up with a battle at Grayskull. And it's, I mean, and they're talking about Skeletor and how he's just come here, demon from another dimension. Right off the bat here, I'm going to read you guys this first page. I probably should have said, spoiler alerts, if you haven't read Masters of the Universe Forge of Destiny number one. Pause us right here. Go read it. Come back. Because um, spoilers here. I'm going to read you this first sentence, this first page here, which has this wonderful panel of Skeletor, Evelyn, Beastman, and Merman fighting against Orcotila, Man-Arms, and E-Man uh, in front of Grayskull. His name is Skeletor. He says he's a demon mage from another world who came to Eternia through a hole in the dimensional walls separating our realms. He manipulates powerful Havoc magic and seeks to enter Castle Grayskull to steal its ancient secrets for himself. So right off the bat, we got that panel. We got Skeletor. We got that explanation of who he is in this continuity. And I'm sitting here going, why wasn't this the first prequel comic? Mm -hmm. Because that was our number one complaint throughout Revelation, throughout the prequels to Revelation is... We're trying to figure out as we go what is what in this world. And mm -hmm. right there, they did it. Like, why? That's a, literally, I read that page, Sean, and I'm sitting there by myself. Kids are at school. I'm going, why didn't we start the other comic with this? You know, it goes on that Sorceress and He Man and Grayskull talking about, you know, Grayskull chose him as the champion. He's just gotten this power, it seems. Um, yep. And they're just talking about the state of the world, the magic and technology. And I'm like, where was this? Mm -hmm. uh, and then we, we get we get a nice, uh, you know, a, a bit of an inexperienced team man here where he's like, you know, he realizes that the sun, the moon setting, it's going to be daytime soon and Prince Adam has to get back. Uh, and he's about to transform back into Adam. And Source was like, you know, if you take battle cat it's a lot faster to get back to the palace um i kind of like that little joke like he's he's mm -hmm. he, he's not even thinking that's how inexperienced he is right now um which is an interesting he-man to see you know we haven't you know we got into a bit in 2000x but honestly he grew up pretty quickly in that series yeah like young series um but i like those little things where it's like you know he's got to be guided a bit like he's got the power but he's got to learn how to use it. So it's a nice moment between. Yeah. Uh, no, I, they, and again, you know, like Eddie uh, Nunez doing those bookends, usually I wouldn't say all of them were my favorite parts of the books, but like usually those little moments previously were nice setting the stage for something else. And this one, it's like, it's just nice setting the stage for this new mini series and yeah, it was kind of fun to go. Okay, so he's pro Adam's been He Man, maybe a month, maybe you know, give or take, because they they've had enough time that Randor has opinions, and everyone else has opinions. But 
Adam's still feeling out how this is supposed to work. And I, I do like this is setting the stage for him doing the whole, you're setting me up against this like Lord of Destruction, dude. Like yep. this is not something they trained me for. Tila was not ready for this. Yep. So yeah, I, I dig that. I dig the inexperienced parts so far. And and kind of kind of his cockiness, you know. His, you know, princely duties are a lot less exciting than this. Like he's yeah. he's having fun being yeah. E-Man. You know, all all too often lately we've kind of seen more the end of the road He-Man. You know, not not like old man He-Man, but like yeah. where it is like the secrets are weighing heavy, and you know, uh you know, I don't know what I'm doing or, or you know, more like I, I, I can't open myself up and, you know, that kind of inner turmoil. It's kind of, it's nice to see Adam like, hey, this is fun. Like I'm powerful and mm-hmm. battle gets fast and we're riding and, you know, <laughs> it, it kind of goes to another point. It's like, you know, you've always said, you know, and I've always said, you know, obviously Prince Adam's a facade and everything, but I've never kind of looked at it at this angle where it's like, you know, it becomes the facade to keep the secret, but at this point, he's literally just enjoying being He-Man more. You know, mm-hmm. like the the princely life is, you know, it's meetings and you know, diplomats and you know, parchments mm-hmm. and everything, decrees. Mm-hmm. But this this is I get to ride around and punch people. So well, like, it's it's a Shazam type of thing at this point. That's right. what I was just gonna say. He, he it's it's true, true blue Billy Batson, or yep. I mean, honestly, it, not even Billy. It's uh, this is way more the way Freddy's mm-hmm. done in the movie, especially the sequel, where you know it's like he he any any chance he gets to turn into his uh, what was he? He was Captain Marvel Junior in the comics at one point. I don't know what the heck they call him now. But uh, any any excuse to just shazam and boom, he's finally he doesn't have the crutch. He can do whatever he wants, and he's really happy about that. It's like, yeah, it would be really hard not to feel that way, yeah. you know, when when you have that access to that power so readily. So yeah, and that's and that's not a a, a portion of He Man's life that we've seen before. Yeah, we've seen Mike Young where he was young and inexperienced. Yep. But even then, it kind of went right into the courage of Adam, where he was kind of doubting his place with the secret and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we've seen Filmation, where it's like, this is the duty I must take, and this is the, you know, more the Bruce Wayne Batman, like, I have to keep up this persona so that people don't figure it out, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, with Eternity War and Revelation, you know, it's more cataclysmic, you know, revealing secrets, what comes next. How does that affect the relationships? You know, so mm-hmm. this is fun. Mm-hmm. And I've always said I wanted just a fun female story. Um, so then we go to Anwat Gar. Love the names. <laughs> so we've got there. Uh, I don't know if they've ever explicitly said that she's a queen, but definitely a leader. Uh, and that is Hera Kane. Hera Kane. Mm-hmm. Hera Kane. Uh, and then, uh, her advisor is Hail Storm. So, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Tim Seeley, if you came up with those names, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Hera and Hale are talking, uh, about this, um, 
uh, message they got from Eternos. Uh, King Randor wants to meet with them, with them, because um, they are going the that the Gar are more isolated, uh, and so uh, King Randor is, is going on like a diplomatic mission, and he's going to be visiting Anwar Gar. Uh, she goes to her son, the prince, and uh, kicks him out of the palace. He is a disappointment. He uh, he is. Uh, well, they, they call him here the human tornado. Uh, and basically he's got himself and he's got three friends who are a circus act, essentially. And uh, Hurricane is very disappointed in him. Uh, so she kicks him out because she doesn't want him to be to, uh, embarrass her. Well, the, the Kind of seen some parallels there. And and what I love the the one line in this in particular uh, I'll I'll do the quick here real quick. Yeah. Uh, she says to him, "And if I'm to be compared to King Randor, I need to be standing beside an heir less embarrassing than Prince Adam." Yep. Wow. <laughs> like man, <laughs> what kind of cred does Adam have in this? You know, in attorney yeah. at this point. I mean. Even before he became He-Man. Well, just but the funny thing is, I kind of felt like he hadn't gone full Prince Adam yet. No. Like, the way his father treats him and everything. Like, I think at this point, he's new to being He-Man, so it hasn't had that trickle-down effect yet. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I was actually surprised how seriously he's taken, how much he's a part of everything. Um and so I, I guess that kind of goes both ways, I guess is what I'm saying, because she's saying less embarrassing than Prince Adam, but at this point, Prince Adam isn't as embarrassing as he's going to become. Yeah. So, like, that bar is not as low as you're thinking it is. Mm. I don't know. It just, when I read that one, I was like, yeah. wow. Like, it, I mean, you want to you wanna talk about cutting the knees off of a character. Right. <laughs> or cutting a character off at the knees, I, I mean to say that right there, that line was like, whoa. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then we go back to the Royal palace. Adam, uh, shows up him and Tila have some classic banter. Um, man at arms tries to defend him a little bit. And, uh, Randor kind of muses, like you said earlier about how he man has changed everything. Not necessarily for the better. Uh, this is, this is the part where I kind of felt, I felt this was written to kind of justify revelation. Like this, this is the part, this is the one, it's kind of the low part of the comic for me where kind of Randor's musings are kind of setting up what will already have happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that classic, you know, you know, Dark Knight that, you know, uh, you know, we get bulletproof jackets. They get, they get, Armor-piercing rounds. Yeah. You know, like, you know, we get Batman, they get the Joker. It's it's that whole thing. Um, very much more in the vein of Revelation and the Doom and Gloom. I guess, I guess that's why it brought me down a little bit here. To have Randor so distrustful of He-Man right here. You know? And he makes a big point about we don't know who he is or, you know, where he came from and stuff. And it's like, yeah, but it's Eternia. Like, do you really know who Ram Man is or where, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I guess that's one of the things that's always worked for me. You know, when we talked about it, 
don't think we did the episode, but we talked about mistaken identity, the filmation episode where, mm. you know, um, the boy pretends that he changes into He-Man. But that's one of those things like in universe, like it hadn't really been discussed up to them that someone could potentially be He-Man, mm. you know? And this is definitely setting up where he's like, I wonder who he really is. And it's like, yeah, but that's not, that's not generally a thing in Masters of the Universe. Like no one's going like, who, who is that man behind the mask? Well, the, the thing, uh, this might surprise it. This I like though. Yeah. Uh, the reason being is I've talked about it on, on the show at least once or twice, maybe, maybe a couple more times if I remember right. I always like the idea of, you know, like you have, like if, if they would say to me, okay, write your version of Masters of the Universe and write it how you want. And I would still probably keep in some of the filmation stuff because I know it's important for the fans, but I would do it where the disparate tribes or the disparate places of Eternia yeah. are not what they are under like how... 2000x or filmation would be yet yep and it start with something along the lines of this where you have randor kind of looking at everything and 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 thinking someone needs to unite this and i love that they were going there in 2000x and this really did make me go i like i like that this is a story that's being told almost in a serialized way like a cartoon would do it in the 80s or like even netflix now or whatever because that is one of those questions that i feel like you know typically on the show i I, i'm not going to give a good ratio on this but let's just say for for lack of a better for lack of a better uh option let's say three out of five times on the show something is happening in eternos and he-man addresses it as quickly as he can Yes. The other couple of times he's out in the wild or he's out in a different area of Eternia, but that's by luck he's there and he can do it. So the idea that other places are now looking at Randorn going, how do you have this guy? And what's and, and especially with him being so new, because yeah. we just addressed that. I like the idea that it is something where it's starting to make other people and other other lands go well, how come Randor has this guy that shows up in the nick of time and he never ever comes where we are when we need help and stuff. So I like that there is a bit of this even even mentioned in this. And I like that that is the catalyst of everything that we're talking about with the issue. But when they went here, I could see why you feel the way you feel. But when, when they went here with this, I'm like, this is getting into what I've always hoped they would do. And they're doing it in a way where I'm like, Tim Seeley's delivering for me. I'm getting nervous. This fourth issue is going to make me very angry. But for right now, you're doing what I was wanting to see done, and I'm actually appreciating this. So I get you. I get you. Like I said, I, you know, I, I get that whole part. I just, uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess, in my mind, just He-Man teams up with with the palace and with Brandor a bit more quickly than it's presented here. You know, whereas. It almost it almost comes across like Randor has distrust of him, and I guess that's the part that I take issue with. But maybe this is all leading up to like him swearing fealty and proving that he, you know, he can be seen as an extension of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do get into the the tale of Anwar Gar, um, 
and he talks about how you know Anwatgar was it. So basically, you know, you got the magic on Eternia, and then Anwatgar was like the center of technology. They were the scientists. They were more advanced. They they got a lot of these weapons and stuff out into the world. Yeah. Um, and they have they have this machine that could create any form of technology called the Forge of Destiny. They did it. They did it. They said the thing. See they what they the did thing. there. <laughs> um. So, but at the end of the Great Wars, you know, the magic and Grayskull more took center stage, and Anwatgar kind of got separated from the rest of the world. Uh, uh, and it does. Uh, I do, I do like this here. I like these little lines for all those people holding out hopes. That, like, in this universe, they say Skeletor is a demon from another dimension. But what if he's not? You know, they do. Uh, Tila has a line, like, right here, which shuts it down. Uh, the Gar had no affinity for magic. So Skeletor cannot be a Gar in this continuity. Shut down. And I'm completely cool with that because I like that. I, if for someone who loved the mini comics as a kid, that opening that you were loving, when they cemented it with that, yeah, in this issue, that made me just go like, for for whatever things that I wasn't a huge fan of in Revelation, you're at least speaking to me on the level of what I've always hoped to see in Masters. Yeah. So at least there's a little. Bit, I, it's like the good with the bad, you know. And well. I like Keldor, the Keldor origin in Mike Young. Yeah. I loved Keldor in CGI. Yeah. But I also loved this Kel- this Skeletor not being Keldor. Yeah. You know, I it doesn't have to be, you know, well, you just don't like Keldor. Like, you can like the Keldor angle. It doesn't have to be present in every iteration. Yeah, know? and... And it changes the story greatly when it is with the with the you know brother slash uncle like yeah. it changes the whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. So I, I I just like that they, in my opinion, have settled it here. We know what we're dealing with now, and all those clickbait videos that go, you know, in Masters of the Universe Revelation, you know, Skeletor never mentioned that he's Adam's uncle. Yeah, because he's not. Yeah, they planted that flag. We're moving on from there. Yep. Right. Exactly. Uh, but, but I like this. So, so, so basically, there was a bit of animosity because, um, you know, guards had no affinity for magic and there was always like spells and stuff that could mess with their technology. Uh, so, King Grayskull gifted the Gar a can, the only canister of Philagista. Uh, an ancient fluid metal imbued with magic that could be forged into arcane weapons and armor. And so and so that gave Anwat Gar the means to combat Grayskull's magic should they ever need to. So it's, you know, the whole thing like, okay, you're scared of us. We're scared of you. Here, here is the failsafe. Um, you know, you don't trust Grayskull, but if you need to, here's this canister of material that can conquer Grayskull if you need yep. to. And hopefully there will never be a demon lord from another dimension that manages to get his hands on this. <laughs> hopefully. Because that would be bad. 
Yeah, that would be bad. I like it. Dude, it's classic setup right here. Yeah. This this party has the unobtainium. This party needs the unobtainium. Hopefully they don't get it. Like, (laughs) I'm digging it up to this point. Like, um, and here Adam shows off a little bit. You know, he... You know, he, he throws in a, a little quote, you know, you're never more powerful than when you're willing to give up power, you know, which is why he's the choice for He-Man. And, you know, there's some nice there's some nice uh, foreshadowing there and everything. Um, but, yeah, and, and here's, here's where they get into the part that I was geeking out about because we did our, you know, our Lords of Power pitches back in episode something, something, something. Yeah. Excuse me. Before 100, um, where we were talking about what we would do if we were just presented with the original prototype figures and had to come up with a story. And I know my thing was like, well, I would want everybody to kind of be their own tribe. Like Beastman would have his people, and Merman would have his people, and kind of be yeah. a be a race between Skeletor and Randor, you know, or the Royals. Yeah. Like who could who could get the most territories? Yeah. And here's what they're doing. They're like, you know, he's like Beastman or Skeletor's yep. already got the allegiance of the Beastman. He's got the Aquaticans on his side. Like, mm-hmm. and Randor's like, I have to go out on a diplomatic mission, and I've got to start. You know, we've got the Andreanids, we've got the Avionians, but we've got we need more. And mm-hmm. it's, it's classic masters. You know, no. power to good, power to evil, power to good, power it's, to evil. And you know, it's reminiscent of Mike Young when he's getting the council yep. together. Yep. Prince Adam no more. He's on the trip. I'm like, all right, this is hitting some beats for me. It's it, like this this is written in a way where I'm I'm just sitting there going, it's like they're watching our show. Mm-hmm. And they're literally like it's it's like Tim Steele is like, oh, those assholes are talking shit about me again, but I'm gonna steal their ideas and I'm gonna prove to them that I can do this. You know what? Yeah. If that's mm-hmm. what you're doing, I'm cool <laughs> with it. I don't even need the money. I will happily just keep on venting. This is what I want to see. And if you keep doing this, I'm going to be like, Tim Seeley, you're winning me over. Stop it. Oh, my God. You know, (laughs) I mean, like, I've always been a fan of that with with the whole, like, you know, either Randor or He-Man being the one trying to unite Eternia in that way. And, And I've said that many times, too. And when when this story, it's like everything about this is working for me on all of these levels that I've always wanted to see. So so far, yep. Oh, it's great. So and then he he also says, uh, uh, and of course we gotta bring Orko because the children will love him. Of course, I like that little wink and nod. That's a that's, yeah, the kids will love him. Like that's that's the whole reason Orko was in <laughs> filmation. Like he's, yeah the kids you know <laughs> like yeah hear that i'm delightful <laughs> when i say that to my wife she rolls her eyes and walks away from me nine out of ten times so yeah play your cards how you want to work i'm just saying yeah and of course we got the we got the beat you know set again a couple beats setting up revelation unfortunately where you know he talked about roboto and him having his memories finest and sophisticated creation uh and of course, the line for, from Randor to Duncan, you know, you've never lied to me before. Uh huh. Yeah, he probably. Foreshadowing. <laughs> yep. Uh, then we go to Snake Mountain, uh, where uh, Webster 
is reporting to Skeletor. Nice scene, web store. Uh, about King Randor's journey and how he's essentially going to the island. He's ending up at the island of Anwakgar. Uh, and Evil Lynn wants to go and abduct King Randor and hold him for ransom. Uh, but Skeletor decides if he if his ultimate goal is Anwakgar, then there's something there that he wants. And if he wants it, I need it. So, um, very very classic Skeletor. I, I like all this interaction here between Evil Lynn, Skeletor, Webstor, um, and the classic like you know you. You need to go get it for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> you go. Uh, and he sends Evil in to find out whatever it is that Anwatgar is hiding. Um, and again, references here. Evil in makes a reference that he's new to Eternia and he doesn't know about Anwatgar. Um, and that's another thing I hadn't really thought about, but where I like the the demon connection, where it is like, you know, there's, you know, he might leave certain areas alone just because he doesn't, he doesn't know to want them yeah you know instead of when you do the keldor angle especially him being a prince like you know he's got a lot more knowledge and stuff you know mm-hmm. but i like that because it sets up where skeletor can be powerful the problem is he just he he doesn't know things about this world and that's where he man you know or adam could get get the upper hand on him and i like that that also puts him in a position where he, you know, he amasses who he amasses, but and it's, yeah, it's mostly uh, it's a survival thing at this point to him, more than anything. Like having Evil in there, me, yeah, he probably knows she's going to turn on him at some point and do something that you know that might put him at risk. But for the time being, they have an uneasy alliance based on the prequel stuff that we know yep. uh, going into this story. But it, I like it. I think it's fun to see. Here's here's a new Skeletor where he doesn't know everything. And and that's why, like, in Filmation and in 2000X, he's always got that MacGuffin thing then. Yep. And I love that it's the whole, you know, okay, I found out about this. Now we're going to go do this. Yep, oh, shit, exactly. that's the, K-Man broke that already. <laughs> Whatever. In the, it's, it's, it's getting me into that whole, like, episodic version of He-Man by thinking of how this is working for him in like that. Okay. I just found about uh, out about this. It's like, instead of Amazon, you could just go and click buy now or whatever. It's like, we got to go do it now. Oh my God. You know, it's this. And I, I, I kind of dig that he's jumping at any chance he can with the exactly. way he's pictured here. No, it's, it's a lot of fun. And like I said, just, it opens up the character a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we go to the Royal Caravan, which consists of uh, battle rams, dragon walkers, attack tracks, plenty of royal guards. Loving it. Oh, Stridor. He was on Stridor, too. So mm-hmm. um, always fun to see the classic uh, vehicles. Uh, and we just got kind of got the progression there, then meeting different people, Orko entertaining. Um they haven't seen He-Man, but he's definitely been around. They've seen some, you know, uh, where he's, people said he stopped a flood. He fought off, you know, some creatures. He's kept them safe throughout their journey. Um, Attila's reporting, and, and she uh, checks in on him sleeping. Maybe he's not. 
Uh, then we go back to Anwat Gar, where we find the human tornado. I don't think he's been, actually been named at all. Um, just they call him the human tornado. Uh, getting drunk in a bar. <laughs> we know this because it says bar on the sign. <laughs> and, and the sign looks a lot like a Vegas. Yeah. Too, which well, their their technology, it's Anwat Gar. So they've, yep. got, they've got the fluorescence. <laughs> they've got the, the panels and everything. Um, where we find out that Adam has snuck off ahead. He's already in Anwat Gar. I just, I just went back just really quick. Is we do have a name for him? It's At Dash. Least. Dash. That's right. Which, which when when I first heard that, and Lord You're knows, right. I turn off when we talk Star Wars on Off World. But it made <laughs> me think of that Dash Rendar from Dash back Rendar. in the days. Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire. I, I couldn't remember the name. Thank you. But yeah, so Adam Adam at the bar. I'm curious. Uh, we all know he's going to become Cyclone, right? Like, the, that's not... That's not Spoilers! A right? Like... <laughs> I think the second issue cover pretty much... I mean, if you didn't already figure that out, and you get to the end of this and see that there's no way around not knowing who this kid's going to be yeah. by the time it ends. I I, th I think from the moment he appeared, it was kind of obvious. But let me. Well, I mean, oh, look at this. Uh, yes, but in case you needed that visual, there is also that as well. The issue two. Uh, yeah. And I'm not a fan of the real names from the classics bios that were made up. So I don't remember him, but I just looked it up, and sure enough, Cyclone's real name, according to the classics bios, was Dash Shell. So, oh, I like Dash Rendar better. I, I'm actually glad Dashel, Dash Dash D A S H hyphen S H E L Dash Shell. Dash. That's weird. I'm glad mm. they shortened it to this Dash. Um, yeah. I kind of had a feeling once once you reminded me was that they said dash I had a feeling that's where it came from. Um, so yeah, so and they're they're talking and everything, and you know, Adam's got you know a nice cloak on there. He's like, hey, don't let anybody know I'm here, dude. Um, this was a good little banter here. I actually really enjoyed this scene where um, you know, and he actually introduces his little trio that dashes trio that's with him. I'm just thinking of Dash from The Incredibles. Yeah, uh, the Dash. <laughs> so he's got Sprig, uh, which sounds like uh, Twiggett's name. Uh, yep. A tame Torlock that's stronger than the team of bulls. He's the big green gorilla beast boy looking dude. Uh, Samar, a snake woman who does the charming. Uh, this was a neat design because I felt the helmet looked like how Tila's Cobra helmet yeah, the golden books a lot, where it was more yep. rounded and everything. Um, and then handles. Why handles and not hand? I don't know. But uh, juggler with four of the most agile hands on Eternia, and he's a blue gar looking guy, but he's got four arms. Not four arms. F O U R. He's he he's literally. He has four of them. He doesn't just yeah. have four arms. But uh, he he looks like if Papa Smurf had his like college phase yeah i mean he just has that vibe about him yeah but i, I like I, I like the designs the names are pretty cool like i i like this little quartet that they got going here mm -hmm. uh, but yeah so he 
Adam, uh, Adam uh, basically convinces him to play a trick on his mother. Like if she's so embarrassed of you, you know, you want to, you want to get back at her. You should take whatever her most prized possession is. And like, you can, you'll give it back to her, but you just want to, you just want to embarrass her, mm-hmm. you know, cause she thinks you're an embarrassment. Um, and of course, it, it, there's been copious amounts of drinking, as you can tell, because Dash's uh, speech bubbles have little bubbles coming off of them. I like that, so, too. <laughs> um, and he's like, nah, no, I can't do that. But Adam, you know, Adam's, Adam tells him, you know, hey, you know, he's like, I get it. You're such an embarrassment. She wouldn't tell you where her most prized possession is anyways. Like, mm-hmm. um, and of course, that pushes Dash over the edge. Cla- classic filmation treachery there mm-hmm. uh and then we go back to where tila was worried about adam and they use that classic newspaper strip where uh orco creates a simulcrum to sit to lay or sleep in adam's place so he can sneak out and be e-man unfortunately he the spells uh didn't work too well and adam looks all goopy in bed uh, and so Tila's, Tila wants an explanation of where he is and Adam lies to her and tells her that he snuck out to see a girl Tila gets pretty jealous thinking it's that panther princess jaguar yep uh, but yeah and we get we get a nice little thing here where again setting up the revelation that we'll have that has have already happened. I'm going to go cross-eyed with this. Um, you know, where she... Where she's explaining that, uh, you know, she was she was ready for another promotion. And she would have gotten her promotion. Except that's when Adam started flaking off. And... Uh, so now that's how she became... Adam's royal bodyguard when really she should have had her own post, her own fort and everything by now. So uh, kind of putting the onus on him that like, Hey, you derailed my career and this is what I wanted. Um, I, I know I'm getting bogged down on this, but it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I it just, it, it doesn't feel sincere to me because I feel like they're, putting this stuff in here just to justify what we've already seen in the series. If that makes sense. Like it's, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. It could be. I mean, I but again, know. if this had been the actual prequel comic before we'd seen the series, I yeah. think it's handled better here. Yeah. Than it was in the prequel comic where they're like, well, Tila, you know, we've wiped Tila's mind and all that so that you know like this is a better reason to be distrustful Mm -hmm. yeah but i guess it's ringing hollow to me because i feel like they're just trying to set up what we've already seen yeah which uh i mean obviously i would have rather had this this i would have rather had this be the story they told in revelation and be done with it instead because like this is I, I will say this is doing a lot of heavy lifting with 
not just bridging the gap, but justifying the decisions in Revelation that maybe we were like, well, that was sudden. Yeah. That was this or that was that. And honestly, like reading the part about her talking about like the promotion, I kind of dug that too, because, you know, she is somebody that um, you can see the drive to prove herself and all that. And, um, and that was kind of interesting. Like, you know, she, she views what her promotion would have been as being probably like, I hate the term uh, completely, but the best life version for her. She would have been the Earl of the Earl Marshal of the army. And then she would have been able to see the world and everything and prove herself, not just as that little orphan girl, like she says in here. And, you know, I kind of like that because typically a lot of the surrounding characters in masters, you don't really hear them talking about their dreams or if they do, it's the episodes like when man at arms finds out that Zor is protecting a baby in the nest. And then he adopts her in his dreams of helping to raise her, but you don't get those times with Tila the same way, you know? Like, and so it's like, I, I at least appreciated the, the couple panels where she went into it a little bit with Adam. And I think with the young and experienced Adam, there is an element of him finding this out and going, Oh, so it's like him being He-Man now has screwed up something for someone he cares about in that way. And I, I do kind of like that, where now it's like the beginnings of him starting to realize that one decision is affecting other people other than just my father now, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Yeah, it's kind of an odd break here, too, because we go back to Anwat Gar for a second. Yeah. And then we come back to finish their conversation. Um, I that happens three one? times. Uh-huh. <laughs> that happens three times in this issue. You have her checking in on him, and then her. At least that was set up like the shock, like Ooh, Adam. And then yeah, we cut but, to Adam. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie though. The moment that she pulls the covers up, all that I kept thinking of is, "Oh fuck!" Are they gonna say he has a morning wood? Is this because oh, no. it's like the way it does it? Then she's like. Adam, you know, it's like, how dare <laughs> And then it goes into Anwat Gar again, and then it goes into the, and it's like, this whole thing could have been handled within the span of probably two to three pages, and yeah. instead we just keep going back and forth, back, and I get why it I like, the, I, like the, I like the first cut, because you got Tila going, Adam, and then you yeah. go to Anwat Gar where Adam is. Yeah, yeah. But at this point, I think they should have finished this conversation, and then... Agreed. Gone yeah. back to Anwat Gar. Um, I'm gonna finish their conversation first because it turned, you know, it basically he he's ready to tell her. Like he's pulling the sword as she's walking away. She's pissed. She's hurt. She's like, she's like, I don't even want to hear it. And she walks out of the room. And he was ready to tell her that he's he man again. An experience. Now we're starting to get a little bit of that, like. Like you said, Sean, like this is affecting other people, mm-hmm. you know, um, quick turn from, hey, I'm having fun, battle cats fast. But yep. yeah, it's it's kind of the first part of it. And again, I think like I, I agree with you. I like what she's saying and I like the backstory gives Tila. I just I can't shake the feeling that it's that it's that it's in reply to the people that had issues with Revelation. So again, yeah. I wish that this had come 
first. And then we could have built up a little bit more. And I just, I, 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 I can't shake the feeling that this, Grand, this is obviously a prequel to Revelation, but the whole time I'm reading this, I'm like, this should have come out first. They should have been yeah. locked in. And they should have done like we said. It should have been four months before. Yep. So that first Revelation dropped in July. This should have started in like February and mm-hmm. gone right up and then the show. Yeah. And I think it would have solved a lot of issues. But Agreed. Uh, so that's where we leave Adam and Tila. Uh, back on Anwat Gar, our little troop has stolen the Philogista. Uh, and Adam turns on them and attacks them. Because it's not Adam! It's Evil Lynn! Dun, dun, Evil dun. Lynn! Who would have seen that coming? Well, not the Anwar Guard people, at least. No. <laughs> she ezarked them. So, yeah. Uh, or fizzarked. And- Sorry, not ezarked. Yeah. Fizzarked. Uh, classic Evelyn. Yeah. And I will say, I by the, by the time the Anwat Gar thing, the first scene in the bar ended, I knew it was Evelyn. Yeah. But yeah. it did, it, the way they did frame it, where it is like Teal, like, 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 first of all, you knew that wasn't really Adam in the bed. Like, yeah. You know, but then with her being Adam's out there, and then it's going to the bar, and you've got Adam hiding, and you're like, wait, what? I thought he was out being he man. Like, it did, it did. Yeah. Throw me for a second where I'm like, what's going on here? But then the way the conversation turned, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's evil. Yep. But it was good setup there. Like, I, I liked it. And it, it felt masters. Like, yeah, it, it I really agree. did. Um, uh, so then we go back to uh, Anwan Gar. We got uh, Hale talking to Hera. Um, and he's telling her that the members of the Minstrel Revival did not survive the attack and that Dash was gravely injured in the attempt. What a waste. Man, those were such cool characters just Mm -hmm. to get killed off. Um, uh, And he says that their accomplice escaped with the Philogista. Uh, They did get one image off of the camera that got shorted out during an electrical surge. And of course it got a picture of Adam. And mm-hmm. this, as Hera declares war on the people of Eternals. Dun, dun, dun. To be continued in Masters of the Universe, Forge of Destiny, issue two on sale October 4th. Yes. And there's that image to let you know he's Cyclone. Yeah. Yeah. So Dash is the only one that survived, but he was greatly injured. The next cover has uh, He-Man and Adam on the cover with uh, a robotic, very robotic Cyclone hovering over them, hooked up to a bunch of machines. So, yep. Yeah. So what would you think of this issue, Sean? I... I was pleasantly surprised how much I was enjoying this, uh, this issue. And again, uh, like what was it? The last one where it, uh, all the stories were about the different, uh, I, I never can remember the name of that. Masterverse. The, oh, the Masterverse. But like you and I were both like, 
holy crap, this is actually a really fun read. Mm-hmm. Same with this. This feels like true blue masters of the universe storytelling that is stuff that I know plenty of times we've said go back to something that feels like yep. here is a masters of the universe story doesn't have to be world ending it just needs to tell a good good versus evil story mm-hmm. and the fact that they're adding in elements of things that I always would have loved to see and now they're they're happening in here and the whole idea of uh, them trying to establish uh, peace and trust between Eternos and Wagar, worrying about who they have as their companions, if they have to go up against Skeletor and fight against the evil out there. I'm good. Like, all of this setup in this first issue works for me on a lot of levels. And um, it, it makes me really scared that by the fourth issue it's going to go off the side <laughs> of the cliff so i i'm i'll put it out there now tim seeley this issue is everything that we've been waiting for so please stick the landing i would be thrilled if this is the first mini series that the, that they put out where i'm just like that is how you do it this is the prime example use this as your template going forward and how this is supposed to be written so. No, I completely agree. I I love this issue. It's everything I've wanted. It's what I've been saying since since the beginning of this podcast. Long before every time they've released a comic series, keep it simple, stupid. Like mm-hmm. you know, you've just you've got an adventure. You've got you've got the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin could conquer Grayskull. Skeletor wants it. Evelyn helps him get it. Keep it formulaic. I know a yep. lot of people say that like as a bad thing, but like no, like just stick to the formula. So now Evelyn's got the Philogista. We still need the Forge of Destiny to convert that into a weapon. So mm-hmm. now Skeletor needs to get to the Forge of Destiny. Yep. You know, He-Man and company are gonna have issues with the Gar now because they think Adam's responsible. Um just don't do anything stupid. Just stick on stick on those rails. Yeah. Right? You don't have to do, you know, all of a sudden the multiverse is ending. You don't have to throw some random no. god modulock in there. You don't have to. No like, he force. Right? No he just, force. None of that. Stay on the tracks <laughs> and we will be just fine. So uh, power sword rating. Uh, so we've got three power swords. Uh, absolutely amazing. Loved it. Two power swords. Very good. One power sword. Good. Uh, cosmic enforcer. Neutral. Right down the middle. Uh, and then, of course, one Havoc Staff is bad, two Havoc Staffs is worse, and three Havoc Staffs is, oh, that should never be viewed again. I, so, so on top of the fact that the story went well, Eddie Nunez's art, yep. that made my day. Looking at all of those panels, especially with through Comicsology, yep. you get to see the details. I For me personally as an artist seeing his line work was something where i'm just like eating it up panel by panel i'm going with three power swords i i was so so surprised by how much this worked for me and it was a a really good surprise this morning oh as much as i hate to mimic you because i think it makes for a terrible show i gotta say the same three out of three power swords um it's everything i've wanted and everything i've that's been held from me for now and it's going to be even more disappointing if this doesn't stick the landing because I'm like, 
this feels like it could be straight out of filmation. Mike Young, it's like it, it is a Masters of the Universe story. Um, yeah, it's self-contained. It doesn't have to go to different universes or different, you know, licensed characters or anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a Masters story, and that has been lacking for a long time. So uh, combined with the amazing art, I love the way that he draws his He-Man. It's actually almost CGI mm-hmm. in the proportions. Yeah, um, and, and I love it. He's got a very expressive mm-hmm. face, very boyish face. If you really look at it, like you know, you're so taken in because he draws a big, powerful bodybuilder He-Man. But then you look at that face, and you are like, yeah, that, that's a, that's that's a kid in there. Like, yeah. and, and I like that. Like, you know, that is a friendly dude. You know, you mm-hmm. can't. You're built bigger than Schwarzenegger, but you look at that face, and you're like, he's kind. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it's very, very nicely done throughout. So, and and I know we mentioned it uh, on, you know, we mentioned it earlier, but the the lifting it does to justify the things in Revelation, if if this was out before Revelation, would have yeah. been amazing. But I will also give it credit for giving those moments to go we're planting that flag kelor is no longer skeletor skeletor is just the lord of you know lord of destruction from another dimension boom with you know all of that kind of stuff it's like you finally have pinned down the stuff that we were questioning and now it's like it's at least here in one way shape or form and as far as i'm concerned it's the best version of anything they've done since revelation hit so far so i i'm happy it's this that's doing that for some reason more than the prequel and more than the other stuff it it just it's all lining up with this thing in a way i was not expecting at all like i said i got bogged down a little bit reading that but even at the end of the day it didn't detract from the overall score like it's just one of those things and i i know in my heart if this had come out before revelation that i wouldn't have even given at the moment's pause like so yeah i'll forgive it there if if this came up before revelation how much more excited would you and i have been going into revelation than we already were going holy crap first he-man cartoon in you know 20 years basically and to have this going into oh my god yeah like they they completely shot themselves in the foot by having to do that but i'll give it to them on this and depending on, well, we're, we're all getting the hypotheticals because we're yeah, assuming yeah. that this miniseries is going to stick the landing. But assuming yeah, the miniseries yeah. sticks the landing, yeah. assuming it's just a fun adventure, we know what kind of He-Man we're in here, um, how much more impactful that death would have been in the first episode. Yeah. And if they could have kept that a secret, which unfortunately that leaked pretty early on mm-hmm. um and with enough intensity that you know we all kind of figured it would happen but if they had been able to keep that a secret and done an adventure like this we're just mm-hmm. like all right we're back we're having fun we're having an event and he's dead wait what you know yeah um yeah. but you know 2020 hindsight but yeah um yeah i'm looking forward to finishing this um looking forward to revolution next year uh, I think they've officially announced that it's going to be 2024 at the earliest. So uh, I didn't um, even hear that. Yeah, I don't know if that has to do maybe with the strikes that are going on are affecting it, or if maybe Netflix well, just pushed it back to 
I mean, it's definitely close to completion. It but, would, uh, yeah, I was I was gonna say maybe the writers part of it did, but the writing should be finished at this point if they have the voice actors and they're doing their thing. So no, I, I don't well, know. They just want to avoid you know unpleasantness. I don't know. Yeah, I'm that, just speculating. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's last I heard it'll be 2024 for that, and it's still odd. Like I've I've said on previous episodes, you know. Um, Comic-Con aired those two scenes at the panel, which have not shown up officially anywhere Yeah, since then. Um, so obviously whatever, whatever they were ready to roll out, they have definitely decided not to at this time for whatever reason. I can only assume they're trying to keep low and while all these contract issues are figured out, especially because Netflix and the... Not just Netflix, but the streaming services are very much at the heart of all of this. Yeah. So it may just be that kind of thing where it's like, we're just going to lay low right now, you know. Because mm-hmm. I haven't heard of a lot of new stuff coming out for them, honestly. So. There, there's been a few things here and there, but it's because they were scheduled to come out mm-hmm. within the next month. And so, like, if, if it is going to be next year we didn't see the trailers for revelation when it was going to air until about a month before the right. actual air date. So it does on that level, it doesn't surprise me, but I agree. Like there were multiple scenes shown at SDCC that we have yet to see other than if you watch the, the leaked uh, footage, yeah. which it was still fun. I mean that again, this and those scenes all made me go, this is what I remember loving about the show as a kid. And it feels like it's going in that direction. It feels good. So hopefully this and the show can stick the landing uh, with the way that it's working now. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys. Uh, actually, I think I have an email that I've been forgetting about. Let me double check there. Um, because I think every time after we log off, I'm like, oh yeah, I had an email. This would be like a month ago. Yeah, if I read it before, I read it before, but I don't think I have. Um, Tony Moore, Simmons Guard, (laughs) friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, regarding episode 104 and the mini episode. Okay. So it was like a month ago that he sent me this, but I don't think I've read it since then. Sorry, Tony. I always think about it right after we finish recording. Uh, Dear Matt and Sean, I just want to say thank you for doing a mini episode in part because of me. Uh, For our audio listeners, that was a live episode we did just on the YouTube. So you have to go over there to check it out. While you're there, hit that subscribe button. We're almost to 1,000. Yeah. Uh, Just let me assure you, no matter how long it takes, I know you will not forget about my emails. <laughs> it's like he's. I love that he's gotten you down to the point where he's like, I'm just gonna put that in next. He'll read that next, and it'll work out. It, it, it's like a conversation now. <laughs> uh, I also know that there is not always time for them, as I am somewhat prone to being long-winded. So are we? Yeah. Uh, anyhow, Matt, if it makes you feel better, I did not get the Goliath voice actor clue either. Not even after the fact, and I would not have had you not pointed that out. What makes it worse is not only did I watch Gargoyles back in the day, it is one of the shows I am currently watching on Disney+. Plus. Also, whenever I hear the name Keith David, the first thing I think is he did Goliath's voice on Gargoyles. I hope that makes you feel better. 
Yeah, I think we're in good company because I don't think anybody got it, even though it was so freaking apparent after the fact. Yeah. Uh, Keith David will be an awesome Hordak. And even though I know it would not be likely, I was hoping he might also voice Hordak on the CGI series if we are lucky enough to get a season four, as Kevin Conroy is sadly no longer with us. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be down for that, especially since, like you said, Kevin, unfortunately, can't, you know, if they get there, he can't do it anymore. Uh, it'd be cool. Actually, that, that'd be a good idea for a lot of the things, uh, kind of getting a, a, a stable voice cast, almost like the Bruce Tim, you know, Justice League, Batman, Superman, where they kept a lot of the same people throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a lot of fun. Uh, as for the He-Man movie getting canceled, I was not thrilled, but like everyone else, I am not surprised. Disney and Paramount are the only big movie studios left that haven't, as far as I know, passed on the He-Man movie. I know Sean does not want Masters to be an Avengers movie, but it will take an Avengers budget to get this movie done right. I just don't know if Disney would want He-Man. With Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't think Disney would see a place for He-Man outside the MCU either. Uh, They could lean more into the barbarian side of things. The MCU does not have a barbarian, but they will look at John Carter, remember how it flopped, it should not have, it was a good movie, and get scared. Paramount has the Hasbro universe. I don't think they will give He-Man a look. I wonder if Lionsgate could handle a big enough movie like Masters needs to be. Do you guys think there is any hope? We actually are working on whether we think there's going to be any hope or not. Uh, we, we, got, we got an episode coming up. We've got a plan yeah. where we're going to dive into the He-Man movie and all of that's why if you guys have surely noticed that we have not addressed it very much. Um, I will I will say just throwing out the studios that you did, Tony, uh, and that was the end. Is sincerely, Tony Simisgard more. Um, I I don't want Disney to have it. I I I don't want I don't want I don't want it Disneyified. I don't want an MCUified. Um. Yeah, I'll leave it at that for now. I, I mean, I, yeah, I'll say yes. I don't, I don't want it to be that way either. Um, I mean, Disney, like right now, especially, there's a lot where it makes me go. Disney just seems like it's treading water which doesn't really make me excited to have them having a brand that I'm really excited about. So yeah. I, I, I don't know who I'd go, Oh, this should be the company to do it. There are names of people I'd love to see behind it, but I think that's a, more the studio. Key. Yeah. From a studio perspective to me, it's, I, I can't really go, Oh, they would be great because uh, who knows? I mean, w- oh, what was it? Warner brothers was the one that did the Barbie one. If I remember right, could be. Or, I, have not I think it was Warner Brothers. At all. And and it all there was that part of me where I'm like, well, maybe they'll be the one doing He Man. And since Barbie is like painting the town pink ever since it's been uh, released, I mean, you know, it's like I, I'd be shocked if they didn't at least go, hey, what about the He Man property out there? You yeah. know? Yeah, it was Warner Brothers. But that, but honestly, at the end of the day with Barbie movie, like it was mostly Mattel control. So like yeah. I, want, I want them to partner with a movie studio. I don't mm-hmm. want a movie studio to run it. Yeah, 
you know, I don't want this to be Paramount's Masters of the Universe or Warner Brothers Masters or Disney's Masters of the Universe. Like, mm-hmm. yes, we need one of these studios for the production side. You know, and the distribution and, and all, the yeah, but but uh, I, I mean, that's I uh, Hasbro doing that. I mean, they they've had all Spark productions now for what a close to a decade ish, yeah. I want to say, and it's like even they're hit or miss with mm-hmm. their own properties. I mean, people love the trans. I mean, I know the Transformers movies is like writing money at this point for Hasbro, but for fans, it's hit or miss as hell. So. Yeah. Nope. Had a little interruption. Sorry about that. It, it, for for fans, it's hit or miss because like I go to those movies if I go to them at all, and I'm usually underwhelmed by what they're doing because they do the version I don't want to see. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather see the beginning of Bumblebee a, a, on Cybertron versus here's more humans, here's this. It's like whatever. So it, it's like even a, a movie, even a toy. Um, company doing their own thing on the big screen doesn't necessarily pay off properly as Hasbro shown. But if you, if you do it with the right people involved, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if masters is like the thing, if they get the right people and the, the, through casting, directing all of that. And I I I'm I was never a hundred percent sold that the Knee Brothers were the right people because they're still too new. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get into all that, guys. We yeah. promise. But yeah, just for right now, we thank you, Tony, for uh, chiming in, uh, writing in. We always appreciate it. If you guys want to write in yourselves, logpod85 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on social media. Me and Sean are out there quite freely and uh we do have the legend daddy facebook group that you can join uh might be some cool maybe a cool image going up in there later today maybe we'll see what happens you might want to get over there and join that private group feel free to post and discuss over there uh, that covers all of our legends verse family of podcasts so legends of gray skull off world and shooting the shelf so uh free range of topics masters and beyond there uh and see us this friday september 8th uh we'll have a brand new off world yes sean anything you want to tell the fans uh like you just said uh friday night's off world we'll be we'll be having a discussion about the how did we work the the MCU's memorable moments? We're gonna we're gonna get into uh, like the heroic and the dramatic and emotional moments that really won us over uh, the MCU over the last decade or so. And um, we're also going to be doing a review on the Hellheim Volume One that was the Have You Ever that Jesse threw at us. And other than that. Uh, just join us next time for Legends of Grayskull when we do the next episode, 108. I'm a quick guess. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hit all those buttons below. Uh, if you know somebody who would be interested, please share us and like, subscribe, and do all that. And until next time, I need to find a VCR. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs>